The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the individuals participating in the show. All persons described or mentioned in the podcast should be considered innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. This podcast contains subject matters such as violence and graphic descriptions along with adult language, which may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. On June 15th, 2021, in Rogersville, Tennessee, a five-year-old girl is helping her mother and her grandmother plant flowers. Then she supposedly leaves to go inside to play with her toys. Somewhere inside that house, she managed to vanish without a trace. Over two years later, and there have been no signs, no clues, nothing. What could have happened? You're listening to the Mysterious Bruce Podcast, and tonight we bring you the case of Summer Wells. In the search for Summer Wells, TBI special agents and Hawkins County Sheriff's deputies were back on the ground in Beach Creek area today. TBI shared these pictures from today's search, saying teams have been focusing on previously identified areas of interest near Summer's home. You'll remember the little girl was reported missing back on June 15th. Her sixth birthday happened earlier this month. The Amber Alert for Summer, still active. Since her disappearance, a reward fund for her safe return has now reached nearly $74,000. Of course, we will continue to follow the search for Summer Wells. Welcome to a deep, dark, dank, moist basement somewhere in the bowels of Georgia. Well, Coach, I got a little email notification. We have a new five-star review you're going to read for us tonight. Well, if you would just, if you'd like ever listen to me (laughs) before you just start your shit, you're just like, Okay, here we go. I'm like, I'm, ta- I'm in the middle of talking. You're like, yeah, welcome to it. I'm sure my voice is in that. I don't know. It may, may be. But you know what? They pay for the outtakes, so we'll see what we get. I understand 100% that you, I will fully admit that you are 95% of this show. But motherfucker, the people love my 5%. You got to give me my 5%. Uh, Damn. And if you would have listened to me before you started, I would have said, hey, we actually have two. Well, that's even better news. I know, but you wouldn't even let me give you damn good freaking news. I'm an asshole. Imagine that. <sighs> and you got shitty service to boot. I didn't get <laughs> shitty service. I got served the wrong flavor of wings. If anyone's, if anyone's wondering why I'm kind of ornery tonight, I ordered hot the third lowest of the the rankings and they just they said fuck it put all the spice on that son of a bitch i usually get spicier than that and i did last week and it was fine it was spicy it was good but tonight i'm like oh i'm just gonna be a sissy and get the hot and i can't hardly freaking talk 
You're looking at me. You can see that my freaking yes, face. I am. I told him off air. Yeah, his face is flushed. You can tell his lips are all puffed up. Looks well, like yeah, old boy's mommy. having an anaphylactic shock. Yeah. My face is, my lips are swollen. I can feel my pulse in my lips. That's not right. No, that is not right. So I'm not going to say where I went. But it, it rhymes with B-dubs. <laughs> It, it rhymes with muffin though, mild means. But I'm not going to say their name so I don't get sued. Anyway. Okay. Our five-star reviews. And we're back. This one is from Brandy Joe 73 She said, five stars. Love y'all. A friend shared your podcast with me several months ago. It was the original Billie Jean episode. I'm a Northwest Arkansas native, grew up in Bentonville, home of the Walmarts. She said it right. But I just live, I live just outside of Fayetteville towards Madison County. I love that you fellas cover so many Arkansas cases. It's more than slightly disturbing that so many screwed up things happen in this state. I say we, quote, blame it on FAMI, end quote. There's a merch, there is a merch idea. I have a million. Let's talk collab. I grew up on all the Madison County lore and all the local insanity, too. I even know of some good old boys who used to stop in to see Ralph and score personally from him, then sell it door to door. The seventies and the eighties in Northwest Arkansas were wild. Keep up the good work and keep on keeping it real. Hashtag 100. Hashtag 100. I love it. I do too, man. We uh, definitely need to do, if we could ever get somebody to show me how to do an Amazon store so we can just type in a t-shirt idea and then Amazon makes it for us. That would be perfect, but we're not there yet. But go ahead with the second one. The second one is from A Lovely 918. The absolute best three exclamation points, five stars. I just found you guys in July, and I've already listened to every episode. Somebody's been busy. Started, started re-listening last week. I love the variety of topics, top-notch research. That's you, big guy. And your dynamic banter. That's me, big guy. <laughs> Please never quit doing what you do. Heart from Oklahoma. And I think, I don't know what that symbol is, but it's some sort of emoji I've never seen before. Uh-oh. Ooh. I'm going to have to. Okay, hold on. Oh, it's, it looks like it's wheat. I don't know. Hmm. We'll have to look up the old Urban Dictionary. She may be saying something that uh, we have to have an inside track on. Or maybe they just have fucking wheat in Oklahoma. Well, there's a pretty high probability <laughs> that's true. See, look. I can't see that shit. No, you can't look. That looks like corn. But I do that see the wheat. Corn. I know, but I do see the wheat coming off the side. There was a glare. I saw the green and then the wheat thing. Maybe it's corn wheat. Maybe she's insulting us, saying we're country. No, us be country? You jest. Sure. <laughs> Surely you jest. I do jest. All right. So and don't call me Shirley. <laughs> Shirley. Okay, so we had talked about the 
especially our YouTube, our YouTube, hell, I can't even talk now, our Facebook group page. We have had a lot of discussion the last two weeks about this case and theories are running rampant. Um, I did hold Miss Walker's theory out. And then this week she was like, well, maybe I should have listened to part two before I gave my theory, but that's fine. Yep. Um, and now we're going to throw you the third and final part out there with all the theories that I, well, not all the theories cause there's some good ones, but I think I picked the top five or six and then we're going to read some of the things from our group chat discussion. And well, everybody's like, everyone that's going to listen to this is that listen to the first two. Gonna be like, what do you mean? What theories? There's no theories. It's just one theory, but not so fast. There's no proof of what you're thinking. That's right. That is the, I think that's the hardest thing for everybody to wrap their head around is a, and I said it in part one, if authorities could figure out that Don was not where he was at, his ass would be behind jail, behind jail, under the jail, behind bars. So the fact that he's walking around is a credit to, I think, his innocence. Now, I don't technically think he's walking around or he just now is freshly walking around, but he will get into that as well. Uh, That's a side note in this case. But um, when we left off in part two, we had told you that that call – Candace claimed from Don came in around 3 p.m. that day, which we know that's bullshit because that call is where supposedly Don tells Candace that there's a creeper hanging around the trailer and the camper, the name's Andy or Andrew. Um, that's when she tells her or tells Don that she's in the Walgreens drive through. Um, he tells her. I was thinking about coming home, but if nobody's there, which we had a huge discussion about, there was somebody there. But the thing with the call coming in around three being bullshit is that old boy Hunter was still in the car and he was dropped off way before three o'clock at his home. And that was between two and two thirty because it was a 30 minute drive from Kingsport back to the trailer. So, The first theory out there is a lot of people believe Summer went missing a lot earlier and Candace just didn't realize it because she wasn't paying attention. From Candace's Facebook post, we do know that she liked to have a little drinky drink sometimes and she liked to smoke a little smoke every once in a while. I mean, who the hell don't? And we're not going, you don't, we're not judging somebody. No, no, no. I didn't say that I was judging. Smoke a little smoke. I was not judging. I was just saying that we know that she likes to do those things. And when you do those things, you lose track of time. This could be why nobody can tell time. That's true. I mean, you know, some people drink a little drink, smoke a little smoke. I decided not to do that smoke a little smoke stuff, but I drank a lot of drink. (laughs) <laughs> I have made up for so, it in the drink a drink spot. Yeah, I will not cast judgment. No, neither will I. Now, but yeah, both will affect your ability to tell time. I'll, I will agree to that wholeheartedly. And 
she could have just easily lost track of time chatting it up with her mother in the camper and then just happened to glance up and see a clock somewhere or look down at her phone and was like, oh, shit, where's Summer? And I honestly believe that she panics and starts looking for Summer and it hits her that she couldn't really remember how long it had been since she had seen Summer. And she can't call the police and be like, oh, yeah, I haven't seen my daughter in an hour or so, or I can't remember when the last time I saw her was. So this is where the two to five minute thing comes in. Or maybe her perception of time is that an hour can go by and she thinks it's only been five minutes. We still have to acknowledge that Summer would have had to have left the basement for some reason and turned left out of that door and went into the woods and headed toward the road. Now, according to Candace, whatever happened to Summer happened within that, quote, five-minute window of her adjusting Grandma's knee brace to her going downstairs, and then Summer is never seen again. What if that is all true, because the boys can confirm that, but Summer was seen again, but it was only maybe by Candace? Well. That point, it could have been that Candace goes into the basement. She sees her, but the boys at that point never see Summer again. Now, the way that I'm trying to explain this would be that what if all of that's true? The boys say she just went downstairs and Candace goes downstairs and she sees Summer playing with her toys and she just comes right back up goes back over and starts chatting it up with her mom again, or she goes outside, smokes a little smoke, gets her a couple of drinks, whatever. Again, I'm not judging that part of it. I'm just saying that maybe she it went. It sounds very judgy. It sounds like you're being <laughs> very judgy. No, I'm not. I know you. You know I know you. <laughs> but what if she did see her? And, and maybe that's true. It was truly within five minutes, but she went down there, saw her play and turn around that makeshift staircase came back up and decided to go back outside. And that's when she lost t- track of time and the boys never see her again. So at that point, it could have been that Candace goes into the basement and someone, AKA the rumor is something happened to upset Candace and Candace walks off with summer into the wo- woods somewhere outside of their property. Again, I don't think there's a whole lot of forethought when it comes to Candace and Don. I think they are a fly-by-the-seat-of-their-pants kind of couple. It's just come-as-it-goes kind of stuff. You think? I mean, honestly. I know it's hard to believe. But with that said, that gets us into theory number two. Now, theory number two is going to take a little bit because I got to lay the groundwork. If we don't lay the groundwork, people are going to be pissed that I glossed over this, and this is a huge, huge deal. Um, Don has a history of sexual molestation, and it goes all the way back to when he was 12 and his two stepsisters were five and seven. There is an interview with Don on YouTube. And if you would like the details on how far this goes, you go right ahead. But let's just say that you've been forewarned and it's not pretty. A lot has been made of how he justifies his actions in that interview. 
So the theory is, and this gets a little out there in the weeds, but uh, either he or Candace separately or together have been molesting Summer from a very young age. And I'm thinking maybe a year. Or Candace and or Don uses her as a means to fuel their drug habit. Oh, that's terrible. Yes. And that's his far- that's terrible to even that's terrible to even consider. Yes. And like I mean, what's the proof of that? I mean, is this a theory or is there any type of There's a lot of documentation a- out there. What do you mean by documentation? Not on that last statement. I'm talking about Don's sexual misconduct that has occurred oh, over and over. Okay. Now the theory about okay. Okay. there has been drug use with meth and other harder well, not harder, but things around meth that would lead a lot of people to believe that either Candace grew up in that environment and or Don grew up in in that environment. So that leap from not having enough money for a habit and having a means to get drugs if you turn your head is not a huge leap for a lot of people to make. And that's why I wanted to touch on it, and that's it. That's all I'm doing because I... I know more about this family than I ever wanted to, and I do not need those nightmares. But that is a theory out there. I'm not saying one way or the other whether it is justified or not. I'm just telling you those are the facts that are out there. And the documentation is there are several arrest records out there for both of them when it comes to petty drug charges. And there is a whole laundry list of stuff that he did in the state of Utah, I think. Uh, with his stepsisters and then some other women have come forward and we'll get into that. But anyway, that's the second theory. Now the third theory leads us to summer running away and it kind of piggybacks off of part of that second theory where if that molestation had been going on in the home, summer (laughs) at the age of five decides like, you know what? Here's my chance. I'm out of here. And it could have been that maybe she had hinted around about how the discipline got out of control in the house or she hinted around about somebody touching her and then Candace is like, "Mm, something's got to be done. And that right there is motive to for either Candace or Don to get rid of her. But again, that leads you to... Really, I know we make a big deal out of it. Yes, they both passed polygraphs, and I think they took a second set for the Dr. Phil show. I know that's not stone, you know, set in stone that you, if you pass it, you're innocent, but I do think that kind of speaks towards the intellectual ability to pre plan something. Um, I don't know what kind of questions were asked on those polygraphs. We probably will never know. But I think there's a lot of electronic evidence out there that pinpoints where both Candace and Don were at during the time leading up to Summer's disappearance and then after Summer's disappearance that does not indicate guilt because if it had indicated guilt, they would be in jail. Um, Now, if you follow this theory, this is the motive that leads Candace and or Dawn to get rid of Summer and hide her body because 
one of them or both of them didn't want to be exposed. Now, the option is if she's being consistently molested in that home by Don, Candace, or a stranger, or whoever it may be, you would have to have seen situations in the past where young girls who are being sexually molested in the home decide to run away. I I don't want to say that she's too young to have made that leap because you grow up fast in that situation. I think that I, I just don't think you're going to be able to hide that and it only be summer who is the brunt of that stuff. Now, yeah, I, I, I would agree with that, but I mean, I don't, I don't know. It's, it, Oh, it's just tough to even think about. I know. And the thing, and the sad thing is, and unfortunately, They've got three young boys in that home, and there's never been any accusations thrown their way about that happening to them. And you would think if they that puts probably you got a twelve year old, a nine year old, and I think what I say seven year old. So you got a nine, a seven, and a five year old who, if that was something that you were doing you need to make sure that you're kind of keeping that quiet. And I don't see that just being centered around the female child. I see that being a whole shit show that I don't want to get into. But anyway. Okay. Well, I I mean, I don't want to have to say it, but it's maybe – no one was no one was attracted to the boys. It's it's not you know, pedophilia is not gonna I agree. You know, just be, God, it's hard to even like I don't even want to articulate it. Right. And that's why I still I'm, I'm just, saying, I'm just not... because you're in the just because you're into kids doesn't mean you're into all kids. You could be heterosexual and into kids. Yeah. So maybe he was maybe oh ugh. Yep. And we're tippy-toeing around it. I just don't want to – I can't, man. I just can't do this. We stay away from – you know, there was a a case we did uh, – shit, a couple – maybe over a year ago now where we talked about we would never cover a case that was brought up in it. Um, and it was the uh, Dardeen family, and I had referenced another case that out – in Colorado that we would never cover because it was just a brutal murder of, of very young children and things that happened to those children before they were murdered. I'm not doing that. I mean, that's, I, that's where I draw the line. I'm, I'm not, it's bad enough when we have to talk about young kids going missing. It's bad enough when we have to talk about young kids losing their lives and no one knowing what happened. I'm not going into that other area. So, but anyway, yeah, no, thanks, man. It's yeah. I've got enough demons. I don't need to invite that one on in. So we're only being told the story from Candace's side. So we don't know exactly how that day went down, but it could have been a situation where Summer knew Don was coming home soon. She knows what that usually entails. She tells her mom that she's going to hang out with her brothers when she's not going to. She slips down into the basement, grabs only a couple of things that she thinks she'll need, and then... She doesn't grab anything that would leave a glaring clue 
that she was running away or something that could have been identified by police, A, because the house is a disaster, but B, she's trying to make it look like she just vanished. Now, we're still talking about a five-year-old here. Somehow, she gets out of the house without the dogs following her, which I think is a huge red flag there where this theory goes to the shitter. And then she gets either through the woods or down that driveway to the road, and she starts walking down the road. Like, And as a five-year-old, you're... On one hand, you're saying that she's got to have the maturity to be like, I'm not I'm not going to be put in this situation again. But then she's got to have the immaturity that she thinks that once she makes it to the road and she starts walking, she's free and clear. She'll just walk around the corner and go to somebody's house, and that'll never happen again. And unfortunately, she makes it to the road, walks around the corner, and just by happenstance, some piece of shit is driving down the road and sees this beautiful little blonde-headed toe-headed girl walking and is like, hey, or do you need a ride? Is something wrong? And like I said... I mean, you're talking about... I mean, that's just... It's a, a whole... Coincidence, yeah, if that's true. It is a whole, you know, shit show wrapped up in a turd tortilla, so... <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. But a lot of people have said that they think she was matured enough that she wanted out of that situation, and she thought that just by getting out into the road, everything would be fine, and she just happened to get a ride from the wrong person. I, I don't know. I mean, we had to touch on it, but that that's it. Now, another angle to this theory is that it could be just an accident where she's running through the woods, she gets hurt maybe, she gets a pretty good distance from the home, and she gets hurt by either falling, running into something, slipping, landing on something, you name it. And that distance, she got so far, it's beyond that initial search area, and no one finds her. Now, this would explain why Summer would head out of the basement and into the woods just because she's running away, just or running into the woods because she thought that would be a good time to play, and she's just running. Now, if you go back to Don, in that interview I was talking about, it's telling because it gives us a look into his reasoning of what occurred with his stepsisters. And when you start talking about reasons for Summer to run away from that home, those reasons that he gives are enough to make me believe a five-year-old would run run away. Now, it is a possible explanation for her running away, but I want to stress that this is alleged. None of this has been proven. This is just theories out there. I am not saying that I believe it one way or the other. It is a scenario that has been run on Reddit. It is a scenario that's been run on YouTube videos and web sleuth message boards in the comment sections where people don't give a shit. Uh, it's just... One of those things that we have to do our due diligence and put it out there. We are not saying that this is what happened at all. What we do know is that for a fact that his stepsister, 
Jenny and his other stepsister, Mary, have both made these claims against him. And if you dive into that rabbit hole, you will see that including the stepsisters, there are now seven women in total, some still being family members, some not family members, some friends of Jenny's, and some of Mary's who used to spend the night at their house who are now raising allegations against Don in Utah. Don't look good. No, it doesn't. Now, Not there, a good thing. There is some evidence that points to Summer leaving the basement and heading towards the road. And when Summer went missing, local law enforcement and the TBI, which for those of you that have not listened to the first two episodes, ask yourself, why are you starting at number three? But, <laughs> maybe they thought it was a countdown. But yeah, maybe they did. But it's the Tennessee Bureau of Investigations. When they first started that initial search, they did extensive searches with dive teams in any waterway, retention pond, whatever they could find. They canvassed the neighborhoods, the areas around the house. They collected surveillance photos and videos of anybody that had such things. They collected all of the electronics from Summer's family, and they used police dogs and tracking dogs to try and hope and pick up Summer's scent. Now, according to the Wells family, and according to Hawkins County Sheriff Ronnie Lawson, the scent dogs had picked up Summer's scent, and they tracked it for a while, before it disappeared at the road. Now, law enforcement has confirmed that Summer Scent was followed by these dogs to the road, and Sheriff Lawson said, quote, sometimes canines will lose the scent when it changes different types of terrain where they maybe went from gravel to pavement. Another thing that can mess up scent dogs' nose is it stops right there on the road, and that leads you to believe Summer got into a vehicle and that scent disappeared. Now, Don posted a video on YouTube illustrating, and you can still find this, and it's uh, it's hard to, he does his video from another angle, I think, and this kind of goes back to my point where there's not a whole lot of forethought in, I'm just going to go out there and show them. I'm going to get my phone, I'm going to video it, I'm going to show them how it would have done. So, and there's, it's not filmed from the perspective of, of leaving the basement first. So anyway, Don posts this video illustrating where the dogs followed Summer's scent and where they lost it. In the video, you see the basement door that Summer would have reportedly gone out of, but it's like 20 yards away. And it he basically follows this little deer trail, wild game trail, pig trail, whatever you want to call it. It's not very well defined. And it leads down the hill. And Don and others have called it, quote, the dog trail since he filmed it. And I guess he probably named it because that's the way all them 20 plus dogs ran down the hill. I don't know. It's a pig trail at best. It is very hard to see this trail because Don made the video in October of 2021 when there was a ton of leaves on the ground. The problem with this theory is that there are 20 plus dogs on the property. I would just about bet that they would have followed Summer down that hill. They may not have barked or made any noise, but I'm betting they would have at least followed her. Now, the trail does end at Ben Hill Road, and Don says Summer scent went down the trail and faded on the road. 
Now, another check mark for abduction is that one of Don and Candace's neighbors claims to have heard a scream on the afternoon that Summer disappeared. A scream that was preceded by a vehicle pulling into a neighbor's driveway. That neighbor is called the Wilds and the sound of a truck door closing. Don and Candace live across the street from the Wilds. So in that video, when Don gets to the end of the hill and he's about to step on the road, you can see a driveway. That is the Wilds driveway. So the night Summer went missing, the neighbor swears that her and her two children heard a scream shortly before they heard Candace yelling for Summer's name or yelling Summer's name. There was a flash of a car that went up a driveway, according to this lady, and this car just stood out to this lady named Jody Sue, and her and her two teenage children, after they see the car, next hear a door slam and dismissed it as the neighbors. Then the next sound, they state, was harder to justify for Jody Sue and her kids. Jody Sue says that about an hour and a half before Summer is thought to go missing, her, her son, and her daughter heard something far more suspicious, a scream that stopped all three of them in their tracks. Quote, we just heard this kind of shrill, almost animalistic scream. Animalistic, but not an animal. I knew it was, you know, wrong. It wasn't a dog. It wasn't an animal. My son and I decided to go out and look and see what we could see. We went back onto the bank, didn't see anything, didn't hear anything, end quote. Now, they went on with their evening after they couldn't see anything or find anything within the general area that would cause such a shrill or scream. Later that evening, Jody Sue headed down her driveway around 6 to check her flowers, and as she is doing so, she hears Candace hollering for Summer. Now, um, Jody Sue, her kids, all have been interviewed many times by investigators, but the sheriff of Hawkins County doesn't believe the scream is related to the disappearance. Quote, she's been interviewed a number of times by not only my agency, but the TBI and the FBI, and we don't find anything with that complaint or information related to this case. End quote. Now, Hawkins County Sheriff Ronnie Lawson reiterated that in an interview the same week as Jody Sue's interview with a local news station. And he explains again in that interview that investigators have found absolutely no proof that an abduction has taken place. And that's one thing authorities have stuck to. They do not believe that an abduction had taken place. Now, Jody Sue says she believes she saw a car pull into the driveway, then the sound of a door closing, and then a scream just before she heard Candace yelling Summer's name. But she kind of contradicts herself by saying that she looked for the sound of this scream. Then later that evening, around 6, she walks down her driveway and hears Candace yelling for Summer. So it can't be both. It's got to be one or the other. Now, this has obviously led to other questions as to whether or not Jody Sue and her children actually heard a scream, and if so, how did Candace and Grandma not hear a scream? And this is what happens when you have authorities not releasing a whole lot of information. People start interjecting themselves and saying, well, you know what, back that day, and it 
I, it could have been that day. I remember hearing a scream and it could have been hell. It could have been two months before then that they heard a scream and not that day. Now, some people have stated that it seems like this woman and her family in general have been trying to insert themselves into the case online, on Facebook, on YouTube, et cetera, for whatever reason. Well, it, certainly sound, it certainly sounds like it. To what end, I don't know. You're not going to get a whole lot of fame out of it. I, it you no, know, but some people only want, like, some people. Just want their 15 they seconds. Not, they don't want fame. They want the attention of the people that know them. They want sympathy. They want pity. They want. Oh my God! I can't. Like, <sighs> it's like negative attention in behavior disorder kids. No, no, no. Like this is. What, I want to quote a comedian, Anthony Jeselnik, got in big trouble for like there was a tragedy, and he he made fun of people on Twitter that were posting about the tragedy, and but everyone took it as him insulting the tragedy, and he later explained he was like you know. Terrible things happen, and everyone's going to post about it. And they're going to post their thoughts and this, that, and the other. And he goes, you know what they're really doing? They're going to, they're saying, hey, horrible things happened in the world today. But don't forget about me. That's true. And he was spot on. And I think that might this might be what it is. They might be piggybacking on the attention, like, sort of thing. It sounds weird. I didn't, you know, it might not fit perfectly, but it's similar. No, it's definitely, it fits. Um, that makes a lot of sense. I just don't, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't see why you would interject yourself into that situation. Especially if you didn't hear it and you're just being spiteful. The problem with this story is that Don has grabbed on to Jody Sue Brown hearing this scream. He talks about it a lot in interviews, even though the police continue to say there's nothing to it. They don't believe that what she heard was connected or that she even heard anything. This has led web sleuthers to theorize that it may have been a situation where Don is upset, takes Summer with him and somewhere, and Candace is yelling for Summer, and they're all kind of in it together. At this point, but again, like I said, this circles back to the police, obviously knowing that Don was not home or he would be in jail. Don and Candace have both passed polygraph tests, which Don was super eager to let all the media know. By this point, most people had turned on Don and Candace, feeling that there was something they weren't revealing and that they knew more about Summer's disappearance than they were saying. Don and Candace were telling anyone that put a microphone in their face that they knew Summer had been abducted. Law enforcement and the TBI were still reporting that they had found no evidence of an abduction, but the TBI had put out information to the public that they were looking for a 1998 to 2000 maroon or red Toyota Tacoma with a full bed ladder rack and white buckets in the truck bed. Now, investigators had reportedly received information that a vehicle matching this description had been seen in the area of Beach Creek Road and Ben Hill Road in late afternoon or early evening of either Monday, June 14th or Tuesday, June 15th, 2021. Now, remember, Summer goes missing on the evening of Tuesday, June 15th. 
Now, the TBI made it clear that the driver of this truck was not a suspect, but they wanted to speak to him or her as they may have been a potential witness. Possibly they could have seen something which could help in the search for Summer. Now, Don and Candace catch some heat for referring to Summer in the past tense during an interview with a local news station just two weeks after Summer's disappearance. At one point, Don actually catches himself and he corrects himself and he cites the fact that people have been accusing him of talking about his missing daughter as if he knew or as if Candace knew she was already dead. But then he continues to refer to her in the past tense along with Candace also referring to her in the past tense. I've said it before and I'll say it again. I don't think we were dealing with road scholars here. I truly think this Their use of past tense is just the way they talk. If you have ever been around, I don't know. Hell, I did it when I was a kid. I used to use the word seen for saw and seen and see. And my mother broke me of that because she made a damn good point about reiterating what I had just said and saying, hey, does that sound right? So I corrected that shit real quick. But what I'm saying is, If you know anyone that is rural, rurally educated, may not have graduated situation, a lot of these people, especially in Appalachia, do not talk in the present sense all of the time. And they intertwine present and past tense words. And it's not that they are trying to hide anything. That's just the way they speak. That's just how we talk. That's, sometimes we use them past tense words, you know. I done saw that old boy named Coach down there at the gas station about three days ago, but I ain't seen him since. I see him. How's mama and them? Well, yeah, he said she is all right. She's fair to Midland. <laughs> <laughs> now, six, week, six weeks after Summer vanished, her three older brothers were removed from the home. I know that's a shocker. But after an investigation and in the aftermath of this occurring, Don made it seem as if the boys had been taken from the house because of all the attention the family had been getting since Summer disappeared. He stated that it had brought in all sorts of people to their property, like YouTubers, amateur sleuths, who were either harassing the family at home, harassing Don at work, or sneaking around the property looking for, quote, clues. But Don told one person, podcaster quote right now with everybody attacking us and all this stuff going on it's probably better for them end quote and that was in reference to his three sons being removed from his home and his care but later don admitted that the real reason they were taken by cps child protection services was because of a lot of people who were coming at him and accusing him of things. And he said, quote, I believe that stuff like an idiot. I believed it and I flipped out, started drinking and everything else. And that's why they took our kids, end quote. Well, the what the bad part about the culture we're in now, and we're part of it, clearly we're podcasters, but we're not going to be invading someone's property. It's like, you can't, you can't be an internet sleuthing is great. But you can't interfere with a an investigation, and when you're not qualified, and b someone's freaking life. You know you're you can't sit there and be like, "Well, we know they did it, so we're going to go to their property and check things out." Like, no, 
that's a good way that's to a die. In that's a good way to die in rural Tennessee. Let me just tell you. Oh yeah. That's a good that's way a to die. Way to get a shotgun blast to the chest. Yes. And it be justified. He was trespassing. I told him to leave three times. Oh man. But anyway. All right, so Don found himself in some hot water a few months after Summer disappeared. On October 31st, 2021, he was arrested and charged with driving under the influence, open container, expired registration, improper lane usage, and violation of financial responsibility. That's a new one. I don't know what that is. What? what how? What? Has that a crime? I violated well, financial gonna... responsibility since I was 18, so I mean... Y'all come that get can't it. be a crime because I'm about to not pay my student loans, even though they're coming up due, and I'll be, I'll definitely be guilty of that shit. Because man, <laughs> I don't, it's like at this point, and I've got a good job, but now it's like, hey, either pay your student loans and not buy groceries, no shit, or buy groceries and not pay your student loans. It ain't fair. No. Nope. Life ain't fair, boy. Life ain't fair. So the following February, Don pled guilty to the driving under the influence charge, and the state dropped the other charges. Although this was his first DUI, Don's arrest was a violation of his probation, which was related to a previous charge of possession of a handgun while intoxicated, so he was taken directly from the courthouse to the Hawkins County Jail to serve out the next 11 months and 29 days buying bars. During his sentencing, the judge asked, this is, this is why I love old school Southern judges. The judge asked John, quote, or Don, quote, why did you drive under the influence of alcohol? End quote. Don responded that he and Candace were arguing and he had wanted to get away. And the judge responds, quote, that's what those feet are for, son. End quote. <laughs> and didn't get any mercy. So that's the end of that theory. And it's a convoluted one that kind of intertwines a bunch of shit together. She ran away because she was very mature at five and didn't want things happening when daddy got home or things happening when mama's friends came over or a combination of that. Or she just ran the hell away because it was a shitty situation. Or she ran off and fell down a damn well somewhere. The fourth theory out there, and this is the one that Don believes is 100% true, is she was trafficked. Don believes what happened to Summer was that his daughter was taken by human traffickers after they became aware of her on social media. In 2020 and 2021, the TBI Human Trafficking Unit conducted 13 undercover operations, including several in East Tennessee. More than 130 people were arrested across 33 counties. In East Tennessee, lots of times, folks are shocked and surprised by the trafficking arrest because in rural areas, it is an underreported crime. In 2022, the Community Coalition Against Human Trafficking had 300 reports in East Tennessee. In rural areas, it's not like what you see on the TV shows and the movies. It's actually the complete opposite. A lot of times, victims are targeted or exploited by someone that they didn't know they were related to. This person they're in a relationship with is making it the perfect crime. In more rural areas, especially... In the area of 
of East Tennessee, you see a lot of familial tracking, trafficking in disadvantaged areas where there's a lot of drug addiction and poverty. It is such a cash flow generator that it's constantly growing. As a trafficker, you have a victim that you can sell 10 times a day for five days a week or seven days a week. And that's just money after money after money. In one sting operation, it was discovered that a little boy was sent to the landlord's house and the landlord was taking advantage of the child. Of course, the child didn't know why or what for. And upon investigating, it came out that the mother was receiving money off of her rent by sending the little boy up there. Oh, God. Yeah. That's terrible. Now, the Community Coalition Against Human Trafficking told CBS News 8, quote, in reality, what we see here in eastern Tennessee, particularly when we talk about kids experiencing trafficking, is a crime that's happening in their own home. The most common form of human trafficking for our kids here in eastern Tennessee is familial tracking, which means their family member is the trafficker. There's a really close correlation in the opioid epidemic, but when we talk about familial trafficking, you're talking about trying to cover for basic costs in that home. So it might be for drugs, but it might be for food. It might be for clothing. It might be for housing. It might be for a job opportunity. It could be to access medical care or access dental care for individuals in that home. Now, I decided to include this because I believe that Don believes that a guy that worked with him may have seen Summer one day when he showed up to Don's home to go to work. Don told the Dr. Phil show that this guy was, quote, way out there, and Candace thought he was looking at Summer weird, end quote. The guy in question was fired by Don and Don's boss, and Don goes on to explain that he made threats towards him and called Don's boss over a hundred times trying to get Don fired. One of the last times he called Don's boss, according to Don, this man was crying and said, quote, I didn't mean to do it. My kids can't see me in the back of a cop car, end quote. No way. Yes, but a lot of people have. Is that not going to be investigated? That's where you've got, I think, the local authorities, the TBI, the FBI, I think they probably pounded the pavement and found out who this old boy was. And here's the thing. I really, honest to God, think that guy probably said that. But what he was probably referring to was when the Don's boss told him, look, dude, you've called me a hundred times. If you call me again, I am going to get the cops involved and I'm going to have your ass arrested. And I think he hung up on him. And then that guy gets a little drinky drinker, a little smoky smoking him. And he calls back and says, man, I didn't mean to harass you. You see what I'm saying? I didn't mean to do it. My kids don't need to see me in the back of a cop car. And it's totally unrelated to the summer's case, but the man actually said it. It's a hell of a coincidence one way or the other, but you talk about shitty luck. I know where that boy's coming from. Now, in that episode with Dr. Phil, there's a, I think there's two people. They have their own YouTube channel where they like watch other people and try to pick out moments of deception. Um, I don't, again, this goes back to just how Don and Candace was raised and how they were educated. I just do not see them being, being able to intertwine this whole web of lies 
and it not coming unraveled when you just barely hold a flashlight to it. I really think that Don believes this guy is weird as shit, and he probably is. He, you know, he may have been a tweaker, whatever. Don's hanging drywall. He's not getting the best clientele out there. The going back to Don believing that she was trafficked because of social media post, there was an argument between him and Candace about Candace putting a Facebook post out out there that they had some of these plastic 50-gallon drum, like rain barrel type things, and they had like, I think she had 15 or $45 on one. Well, in it, you can see some are playing in the rain. Again, I don't know if that has anything to do with it. Uh, it not saying it wouldn't, because there's some sick bastards out there, but that's where Don has not stuck his pinky toe in the water. He has dove headfirst in, and that is where he is. Mind is at. She's been trafficked, and it was by somebody that came up there that either knew Candace, knew Grandma, or he worked with. Now the moment everybody has been waiting for since episode one, theory number five, the cornbread mafia. <laughs> Careful, brother. Careful. Speaking of drinking drinks, up. sprinkling of drinking drinks, I got to get me one before I tell this story. All right. <laughs> now, according to the book, a homegrown syndicate's code of silence and the biggest marijuana bust in American history by James Higdon, Quote, in the summer of 1987, Johnny Boone set out to grow and harvest one of the greatest outdoor marijuana crops in modern times. In doing so, he set into motion a series of events that define him and his associates as the largest homegrown marijuana syndicate in American history. They were also known as the Cornbread Mafia. The Cornbread Mafia refers to a group of individuals that operated in rural areas, including portions of rural Tennessee and Kentucky. On June 15, 1989, at a press conference in Louisville, Kentucky, the U.S. Attorney's Office announced the arrest of 70 rural Kentuckians and the seizure of 182 tons of marijuana from 28 farms in nine states as well as the state of Kentucky. Quote, all roads led to Marion County, James Higdon wrote, calling it a Community in the corner pocket of the bluegrass, the buckle of the bourbon belt, end quote. Now, the feds bragged about cracking a domestic syndicate, but the cornbread mafia extended its tentacles all the way to Colombia and Belize, whose crop was smuggled into the U.S. In Belize, says Higdon, Mennonite farmers grew and harvested pots successfully by buying tractors and other heavy equipment in Kentucky and having everything shipped to them via New Orleans. To say there was a code of silence back in the 80s when they came on law enforcement's radar is an understatement. There were 70 people arrested between 1987 and 1989 in relation to the Cornbread Mafia. Zero of them agreed to testify against the others in exchange for immunity or a lighter sentence, which is a better record than the Sicilian Mafia, who are known to close ranks like nobody's business. What we can say is that they're definitely not into kidnapping children. There's no evidence that they've ever harmed any child. 
All they did was grow weed and sell it. There's no evidence that the cornbread mafia is connected to Candace or Don or Summer. There is also no evidence that these people would graduate from selling weed to kidnapping five-year-olds just for shits and giggles. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the Reader's Digest version of the Cornbread Mafia. Now, the reason they get brought up is Don and Candace, when they're on the Dr. Phil show, which aired in June of 2022, it is all based on one clip where Don said that Candace could have been running with the wrong friends. Maybe those wrong friends were connected to the Cornbread Mafia. During most of the episode, Candace keeps her composure, and it is when she is asked about the Cornbread Mafia that she becomes very emotional, and she kind of storms off the set. Later, Don and Candace are asked separately about the Cornbread Mafia, and Don says that they were aware of drug activity and stuff like that in the area, but, quote, we don't associate or socialize with them, end quote. He then goes on to tell two guest body language experts that Dr. Phil had hired that he and Candace did everything in their power to keep their children away from potential criminal activity. The two body language experts claim Candace's actions could be described as insulating and running, and one of the experts, Scott Rouse, has said, quote, she insulates when she starts crying so we, can, we can't get to her. In other words, psychologically, we can't speak to her, and we see the emotion. As soon as I say cornbread mafia, there as we see that mouth start dragging down within seconds, and that's how long it takes to get into the brain and say, hey, this isn't good. Candace's reaction was unmistakable, but the cause of her stress could be the weight of the whole day and being interviewed slash interrogated and when the cornbread mafia is said, it triggered in her something else and not necessarily their involvement with or possible involvement with Summer's abduction or disappearance. And that's a mouthful. But that is where the cornbread mafia theory comes from is because on the Dr. Phil show, as soon as it's said, she starts crying and she's ripping that mic off and she's getting off that set. She's out of there. And the, they go back to the body language experts, like I said, and the guy's like, look, man, this had, this could have, we could have said tiddlywinks and her, she should, she could have cried. And here's the thing. I'm pretty sure Dr. Phil paid for them to fly out from Eastern Tennessee all the way out to Los Angeles or Hollywood or wherever the hell he's filming that show and have them put up in a hotel. And they were just out of their element. And then they go on there on national television they're being accused of doing something to their daughter, which I don't think they have the brain power to do and cover up for as long as it's been. But I can't explain what happened to her. Um, I think it was just one of those things where she had been asked the same question over and over and over and over and over, and they had taken breaks and new edits and stuff like that. She was done. She was emotionally spent. Yeah, I mean, that definitely can happen. Yeah, I just don't, I don't know, man. I've, I've tried to dance around this, and I'm just going to come out and say it. I just don't think Don and Candace are smart enough to carry this shit out, dude. That's a great point. I mean, everything. There's no premeditation. That I, everything that I've researched and everything that I've seen really does point to them. It does. I agree. It's, 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 it's hard to for us to accuse parents of doing something so terrible, but it, it does. But at the same time, I think you're right. And no offense to those two people. 
I'm not trying to offend them. I'm not trying to offend their families. I'm not trying to offend anything. But seriously, you can't get away with something like this. It's hard. And I don't think they have the wherewithal to do it. I don't either. And I'm not saying stupid as in can't make a living, can't form sentences. I mean stupid as in they don't have that capability of being Look, maniacal. We we both have our master's degrees, and we're not fucking smart enough to pull off a crime. Hell no. I've even got we my six-year, and I still couldn't do it. Oh, you do? Do you now? Yeah, Look at I do. You. Look at me. All more educated that, than me. Look at that big brain on that Arlo over oh, there. I should, I should be calling you Sir Arlo or some no, shit. Because there's no, there's no title between. It's kind of like when you're 19 or 20. At, you know, 18, you get to, hey, you're 18. You can go to a titty club. You know? You and used to be able to. 19 and 20, you're like, hell, I'm not 21, but I'm not 18 anymore. So getting your six years kind of like, eh. I got a little bit more in the masters, but not enough for you to call me doctor. <laughs> but they gave me a hell of a pay raise in between. Hell yeah, they did. Yes, they did. All right. So going back to it, my thing with this is dumb luck only gets you so far. And this would be a comedy of errors for them to be able to have just stumbled and bumbled their way through all of these little dominoes falling right in line and them convincing themselves of this story. I just don't see it happening, especially in the time and day that we live where we're glued to our cell phones. I keep harping on this, but guys, I think Don kept his cell phone on him 24-7, not only because he wanted to keep up with what Candace was doing, but he was hanging drywall. So he had to be able to leave job sites and go to other job sites. From what I could gather, he wasn't just your average day laborer. He actually had a little bit of kind of like foreman in him, and he would make sure shit was done right. And if nobody showed up for work that day, guess what? Don's working. I just don't think the premeditation for murder, the premeditation for disposing of her body, covering up a crime is there. Not at all. Well, the the reason for the premeditation, if that shit is true, it's terrible. But if that's not true, there's absolutely zero reason to do what to to murder their own child. That's insane. I agree with you. And then we we come to the picture, which was highly debated, and people were talking about it on our our not only our exclusive facebook page but the exclusive group chat of that facebook page highly contested about the the photo and uh, is she dead is she not like seriously if 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 she's dead why the hell would you take the picture and, and if you type in candace wells solved or some some bullshit like that into google there's a lot of theories out there and these are harebrained theories that's why i didn't do it but there this goes back to the Candace and Don being premeditated about their thing. They're saying that one of them said that Summer drowned. Hunter helped Candace cover it up. They took Hunter home. Grandma was in on it. Grandma and some, and Candace take Summer back to the swimming hole to set up the timeline. Then they change her clothes. Then they put her in and put her up against cold milk so that she doesn't turn blue. And I'm like, that's too many ifs and asses. 
Um, but one thing, I'm glad you brought it up in our group chat. Somebody asked, does anybody know what flavor slushy she got at Sonic? Because if she got grape or if she got the blue raspberry, that's going to cause her lips to appear discolored, blue or purple. I didn't see any, I didn't see any discoloration. I didn't either. But like they said, if you, if you were able to have that video, cause you know, supposedly grandma wasn't too swift and she either swapped and hit what she thought was taking a picture, but recorded like two or three seconds of video I think in that two or three seconds, and a lot of people don't consider this, two or three seconds is a long fucking time. Yeah, you, you can see a lot. But, I mean, truthfully, though, you're they're right, though. If what Depending on the flavors she got, great, blue, anything like that, it would definitely dye her tongue and her lips a different color. Right, and then the other thing with the fingertips is if you've ever been around a less than five-year-old or a five-year-old or younger – when they drink something, they put their fingers in their mouths a lot. Sometimes yeah. it's coming from their nose or their butt crack too. Yeah. But a little a little sidebar about the uh, Sonic Slushy is I learned a hard lesson one time that you don't go to a competition jujitsu class where you bust your ass for two hours and then go to Sonic and get a slushy because you are too thirsty. To deal with a slushy, I had such I had the worst brain freeze of my life. I had to pull over. I had to pull over and sit there for like five minutes, and I was in agony. When I say agony, agony, I'm telling you, that's, that's <laughs> terrible, man. I feel so bad for you having to go through that after you done sweated your ass off on that man. Man, it's awful. That's awful. <laughs> you lying your ass. <laughs> All right, so final thoughts, and we'll we're probably gonna chase this rabbit around a little bit, but we'll see what we get. All right, so I don't think Don is directly involved. I truly believe that Don was at work whenever and whatever happened to Summer occurred. I think Candace and Grandma may know more than they are saying, and I say this because Grandma has moved out of the state. Candace and Don have also relocated, and y'all are welcome, Diamond State, to Arkansas because of the public scrutiny, but. I digress. I feel like whatever the truth is, what happened to Summer occurred on the land that the house sits on. I think that it happened within a certain window of time before Don got home. Now, poor Don's out there chasing wild leads, innuendo, and his ass at most times. Is he a piece of shit? Yeah, if you look into his past, yeah, he checks all those boxes. But all of the other piece of shit yeah, stuff. Yeah, but people aside, can change though. Like you can't. Well, that's what I was trying. That's what I was about to say. People can change, dude. He Just can, like the end of Rocky Four. That's so true. You can change, that's and true. I can change. Anybody can change. But basically, what I was going to say was, is he a piece of shit on paper? Yes, he checks all those boxes. But all of that stuff aside, I think he really is clueless when it comes to what happened to Summer. I think he is genuine when he says that he doesn't know. I think he is genuine when he says that he was at this point and at this point during the day. I really don't think he has anything. I don't think he's involved. I really don't. Now, there's been some dissension between Don and Candace, and I have seen a couple of comments from people where Don has said things passively like, quote, you know, I don't know if she knows more about whatever happened. End quote. Basically, Don is going off 
the information that Candace has told him throughout this entire story. All of his information is coming from his wife. And I believe that she has not been 100% truthful with the timeline of when she last saw Summer. There is just, in my personal opinion, there is no way in hell it was two to five minutes. I also don't believe she was in the grocery store for five minutes. It may not have been an hour like Hunter claims, but I think it was probably more like 15 to 30 minutes. There's just no way for me to believe that. And what I know or what I want to know is what were you, Candace, doing between leaving Grandma's camper and going into the basement to check on Summer? Some reports say that she started supper. Some reports say that she folded laundry and started another load of laundry. That's more than two to five minutes. Trust me. I do laundry damn near every day. There's, there's just that's the real never ending story, ain't it? Yes, it is. <laughs> there's just no way for me to believe that between leaving grandma's camper and going into the basement was two to five minutes. Another question I have is when Summer would leave the basement to go to the swing, did she leave that door open? And this is a and now follow me on this. If you've ever dealt with children, they're creatures of habit. Doesn't matter. If you tell them a thousand times or one time, if you do, if that you're saying doesn't come with a consequence, they're going to keep doing that action until there is a consequence. So my question is, when she was playing in the basement and she just got this wild hair in her ass and she wanted to go swing on the swing and she went out the basement door, did she leave that door standing wide open and just go to the swing and they have to get on to her? Candace, God dang it. Why did you leave the door open if you're going to go swing? I've told you a hundred times to close this door. You see what I'm saying? I do. Because I think that's another key in this. I think that whether that door was opened, standing open when Candace went down there, or if it was closed and the boys didn't hear it closed. And that's another thing. Kids are not quietly closing doors. They're slamming the shit out of them. That is very true. So either she always left that door open and she went to swing and they always got onto her or she slammed the shit out of it because she had had her ass whipped for leaving it open and she went to swing. I think that door and what state it was found in, I think that's, it, that, the investigation is not going to hang on that one piece of information, but I think it would make a hell of a lot of public scrutiny on Candace and Don go away if they could remember what happened with just the door, just the door. So I don't know. I, I, I really, when I, at, at the end of the day, and this is just my personal opinion, I think she just walked out the back of that damn trailer and walked down that hill and no one has ever seen her since. And for some reason, the dogs didn't follow her. Or if the dogs did follow her, they got tired of her little ass walking and they turned around because they heard a door close when Candace came out of grandma's camper and they were like, what? Door closing? That could mean food. And she just kept yeah. walking. Oh, I would, I, I mean, I'm going to have to agree with that. I mean, honestly, and, but it doesn't explain why they didn't find her. That's my, that's that. 
you know how you shoot your, yeah you shoot yourself in the foot with any theory that you put out there because if that's the case then in that initial search you would think a five-year-old couldn't get beyond that initial search well, what i'm saying is like either what you've said is true or there is something very sinister to do with the parents. And I don't want to think that I don't want, I really don't. I want to, I agree with you. I'm going with that theory, but I will completely dismiss someone coming up that driveway. No vehicle came up that driveway and abducted her. Amen. That did not happen because you would see it. Now, whether or not she walked away and the dogs did whatever they did, what you, everything you just said, and someone stumbled, the wrong person at the right time stumbled upon her is so improbable but not impossible. We know that. We've seen things that make zero sense, but... Again, there's bad people in the world, and they got to be somewhere. Maybe they stumbled across her. What was the thing? There was an old cold case that was solved recently, and they it's one of those things where the cops knew who they they had their prime suspect. They just needed that one piece of evidence, and it took something crazy like thirty years to get that one piece of evidence. But it, the, him and two of his friends or two of his brothers were walking down to the convenience store, and some guy jumped out drug them off into the cornfield and then let those two go and then wound up murdering that one kid. I cannot remember his name. There's a whole, I can't remember that is. somebody's going to be insane. yelling at their damn radio phone going, oh, you dumb them. sons of bitches. <laughs> but anyway, uh, let them yell. <laughs> that every time somebody goes, it's so, that's just impossible for them to be walking down the street at that one time. And this crazy bastard walks by. No, it's really not. I mean, it's a crime of opportunity. It could have been just that easy. They Somebody could have been driving by that had a nefarious past or had some crazy fucking voices in their head and sees this cute little five-year-old. I, don't, I mean, that makes about as much sense as anything else we've discussed. All right, no doubt. So now, two fan theories, and I wanted to include this, and this is, now keep in mind, Miss Walker gave us this after episode one. <laughs> before she had listened to episode two and before she had heard theories that I have put forward tonight, she says, say we go with the inside job theory based on, quote, time of events, we only have family members giving that timeline. Whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute. We're going to do real time. Okay, yeah, that's fine too. Real time theory. No, no, no. Oh, hell. Listener theory. And he will definitely get a kick out of this because he just sent it to me. Like literally, ten oh four p.m. Our good buddy Lumi Joe just said, "Do you think Summer Wells is a missing four one one? I have no other explanation for her disappearance." See, I think she's like Dior Koontz. It's a it's a toss up. I really think she is like Dior Koontz. I think the family's so fucked up that it's it's one of those situations where it was it was just. A crazy ass, and that's what I was about to say, you know, in close another thing for closes. And I'm not 100% getting, I'm not 
behind her getting grabbed at the road by a nefarious passerby, but it makes about as much sense as anything else. If she wandered off and got hurt on her own, you would think there would have been remains found or dogs would have tracked her in another direction than to the road. I 100% don't believe, like Coach said, that a pedophile was lurking in the woods, drove up the driveway, waited on the perfect moment, snatched her, and gone. Not with 20 dogs on the property. It ain't happening. And I think her disappearance is similar to Dior Coons. I think that it was way more than two to five minutes that Candace didn't see summer four. Just like in Dior's case, I think they were fishing in that creek for way longer than they thought. And anything could have happened. It throws the whole timeline off. I think Candace lying about the timeline is because it was not a couple of minutes. It was a couple of hours. And she was, or she has this internal guilt that if she had just checked on Summer earlier, none of this would have happened. There's still a level of responsibility that falls on Candace, and she has a history of neglect and not paying attention and a hu- is a huge sign of neglect. And I hope we get answers one way or the other. Unfortunately, because of how much time has passed, I think the only way that this case gets solved is through a confession or, like you said, a missing 411 situation where they find clothing. I didn't, I didn't say well, that. It's where Lumi, where listener Lumi Joe, where Lumi Joe said, think about, I didn't even think about that. But yeah, the fact that I didn't think about that at all. But the fact that it's very rural, in the middle of the forest, it's possible. I know it is, and that's, I, dude. It, this case, it's and, possible that that it's literally, and when you get into the four one one cases, I know we've talked about many many of them. Not all of them fit the same description. No, a lot of, none of them make sense. But you know, we Politis tries to tie it into Bigfoot. I don't think it's a Bigfoot thing. But I mean, maybe a vortex, maybe a dim, dimensional thing. I agree possible. with both of those two. It's possible, and I didn't even it didn't even it didn't even cross my mind until he brought it up. And he, he seemed very happy that we uh, we name-dropped him. I said, bro. <laughs> bro, we literally were talking. We were recording theories as you said it. So you got in. You're in, bro. <laughs> he is. He's in. Lumi, you're in. All right. So, unfortunately, because of how much time has passed, I think the only way, like I said, this gets solved is we find remains, clothing, or we get a confession. This could be a John Benet Ramsey case where there's a lot of circumstantial evidence, shitty parenting going on, but no hard evidence that points to the person responsible. Right now, there's no motive to confess unless they get a conscience, and because the police don't even have enough to make an arrest right now, I don't think that's going to happen. I really hope and pray that the FBI and the TBI did a good enough, good enough job preserving any and all evidence that they were collected or could have found and maybe sometime in the future they can connect that to someone. But I like that because I had Dior Koontz written in my notes, but also I wanted to go back to Miss Walker. She said, if you're going off the inside job theory based on time, quote, of events, you only have the family members giving the timeline. How do we know they are not lying about the time she was last seen, kind of like we just discussed? Whatever happened to the child could have happened hours before the mama called the police. And that's absolutely true. If the if the parents are involved, then there's nothing we can believe about any of the story. There's just nothing. It could have happened any time. 
Right. You know, it could have been it could have been days before. Like the they could have it's just it Yeah, everything that we've we've talked about as far as the the timeline and everything that happened in this case is based upon the parents being innocent. Right. And she goes on to say that she says say she did send Summer inside, the boys were known to roughhouse a lot, and maybe an accident happened. Mama gets Daddy to come home as soon as possible. He comes home, and that's when he takes the new car, the Subaru, with the Summer's body and disposes of her, and they come up with a story that they fed police to protect the boys. I'm not so sure that it's just Candace in that case. But again, keep in mind, she just listened to episode one. And then Candace waits till dad calls to say he's back at work before calling the police. One thing, one other thing that made absolutely no sense. Why would dad call from work to warn about a man lurking for weeks on the property? Don't you think he would have had that conversation at home in person at some time during said weeks? She makes a great point. Uh, there was another one. Yes. And she did. Um, somebody did. Miss Fowler said the way that Candace spells her name makes her head hurt and it makes mine too. Um, I was trying to, did you read any more in the group chat? What are you talking about? I mean, I did. Yeah. But what what are you talking about? Was there another, I thought there was another standout theory besides the, we talked about the purple and blue slushy. We talked about hers. Uh, Walker. Um, uh, Miss Zaziski says that she has always 100% thought it was at least one of the parents. Um, I did not know this, and I should have read this before we were recording, but according to Zaziski, Mrs. Zaziski, Candace's sister, sister, Shit. Candace's sister disappeared just a couple years before Summer did, and she's never been found. Who did? Candace's sister. Oh, yeah. No, no, it was several years before, right? Yeah, that's what they're saying. So we that's about all. I'm figuring we're going to put some theories up on. We'll do a poll. If I can remember, I'm going to write myself a note here in a second. Do a poll. And we'll uh, we'll set it out on all the socials as well as for Patreon as well. And I'll try to keep tally of that. We do have an update in the Crystal Rogers case. If you are not following that case, uh, thanks to our boy on the ground in the bourbon capital of the world, Mr. Heater. He's been sending us uh, updates today. There is some huge news coming in the Crystal Rogers case. Um, and we're going to, we seriously need to do an update on her. Yes, we, we're going to have to. Yeah. There's just too much shit coming out for us not to. So, all right, I'm on, I'm making myself an, a note right now. Poll on theories of summer whales. Poll. <laughs> uh, recommendations. Uh, Son of a bitch. Oh, oh, okay. I know. I was like, damn, I had one. I know I picked one out earlier. I forgot about it, but uh, Netflix, 
new show called Wrestlers. Very good. It is uh, profiling OVW, Ohio Valley Wrestling, that used to feed into WWE, but it does no longer. It is ran by Al Snow, and it's it's a good show. It's compelling. Very good documentary, letting you in on the inside of what indie wrestlers go through and when they're struggling trying to make it. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I binge-watched it. It was good. I do like the peek behind the curtain when it comes to that, when they're going through the ropes and stuff. I read Stone Cold's book, and he talked about when he was coming through the basically the minor leagues, he made enough money to buy a bag of potatoes. And he said, I ate potatoes any way you could think of them. Raw, steamed, baked. Pop, popcorn potato. Yeah, that's what I was thinking the whole potato. time. I was thinking about when he was talking Grilled about Grilled potato. I even done potato bobs. potato. <laughs> My recommendation is also going to come from Annette Flix, but it's going to be oh, the new uh, the new movie they just put out with Justin Timberlake and Benicio de Toro, uh, Reptile. It's got, Alicia, it's got Alicia Silverstone in it yes, too, right? Yes, that's what I was. Yeah, about I saw to say. the preview, man. It looks good as hell. I haven't watched it yet, but it's on my list for sure. It's one of them uh, suspenseful thir- uh, thrillers. It's one of them suspenseful. Oh. Yeah, it's one of them suspenseful ones. Well, like I posted on our uh, super secret group chat, I mean, not group chat, but the the group page, I'm glad to see that you survived your COVID vaccine-induced heart attack. <laughs> heart attack once you yeah, got through the FEMA alert. Sons of bitches let it go two minutes early, and I damn near shit myself. <sighs> and then all the jokes on Twitter was, you could tell a man was in charge. He came two minutes early. Uh, well, that one I sent you the on Instagram where it was like all the prisoners that had burner phones when it went off two minutes early. Like, no, 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 no. You're right. I didn't think about that, but you're right. Oh, man. Yeah. They, we- I saw a thing, too, that was genius. It was absolute genius. Um, this professor had left. He had to leave the room. He's given a test, and he left the room for whatever reason. He was recording himself coming back in. And when he came back in, he shut the lights off. <laughs> so all you saw was like 15, 20 students, like the glow from their cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, busted. Dumbasses. <laughs> Dumbasses. Well, you got to put that shit on dim, bro. Well, you got to be smart, too. You got to be looking over that. You got to have a lookout. If you're going to be on that phone, you got to have a lookout. Anyway, we should. I, we might even do with this one night for Patreon. Uh, tell how I got my BS degree, and it was not Bachelor of Science. I can tell you that. But anyway, <laughs> um, so this has been three weeks of. I think we. At first, I was like. Are we doing the right thing, breaking it up? But I think we did do the right thing. I think there was just enough information in all three episodes that it wasn't too much to digest, and it gave you time to think about what the hell was really going on. Um, I will say it has been fun, but I don't want to deal with Candace and Don Wells anymore for at least a couple of months. No, not at all. Um, the only way that we will deal with Candace and Don Wells is if Summer is found one way or the other. We will definitely do an update on that. Um, but if you have not, we did a four-part series on Bardstown that did um, the four murders up there. 
Oxygen Network did a hell of a documentary. I know I've said this before about uh, Summer Rogers' case. Not Summer Rogers, Crystal Rogers' case. Um, there's been huge movement in that. Get on social media. I'm going to try. Peter sent me an Instagram live reel. I'm going to try to put that on our social medias. The lady is a local news anchor up there, and she explains the bombshell that went down today. For those of you covering that case, I'll try to get that out. But that's enough of me talking. Coach, you got anything for the lovely ladies and gentlemen out there in podcast land? You know I don't. Uh, deuces.